0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's Minger Nation Podcast. Welcome to it. We're not going to video record this one right now, ladies and gentlemen. If you're like, man, uh, I got to see Adam talk and move his mic around. Somebody was giving me a hard time about moving my mic around these last two podcasts that I did. That's how it works, you know? (laughs) That's it. (laughs) I'm a fidgeter. I'm a fidgety kind of guy. Ladies and gentlemen, um, you're probably tired of hearing my voice. Uh, You know, Two podcasts in, in one day. Talk to Tyler Perry. Talk to the great Hank Dickinson. Uh, getting you ready for the NIT. Wanted to break it up a little bit so it's not just one gigantic three-hour podcast ahead of uh, a special time in North Texas basketball history, right? It's either just again set the table. NIT semifinal on Tuesday. Um, it's the early game, right? So it's six o'clock. Six o'clock, yeah. It's four there. I'm getting the time. I'm going to Vegas. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna try to cover the game there. It's four p.m. in Vegas. Uh, and it's six o'clock in regular people time, which means Central Time. Uh, with me, as usual, Mr. Greg Godecker. How are you doing on this fine Sunday?
1: I'm doing good. I didn't hear your voice so much in the podcast because I just like fast forwarded through <laughs> your parts because I just wanted to hear what the other people had to say. So, so I'm good. I'm good to listen to you today.
0: <laughs> That's smart. There you go. That's ingenious. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, I'll say Hey you know what So Fun fact If you want to be in good company Ladies and gentlemen So before the show Before we hit record I was you know Just kind of prepping Tyler Perry I was like yeah You know We're just going to talk Blah 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 there's anything You want to talk about Let me know um, I'm not sure If you've ever listened to the show I won't assume you've listened to the show He's like Oh no no I've listened to the show So there you go You know now He didn't say he liked it He didn't say He <laughs> tunes in every week And he's excited about it But he said He has listened to the show So you are in good company You know uh, There you go Listened to by the the Conference USA Player of the Year. This show. Um, all right, so we talked to Tyler Perry. Uh, do you have any any thoughts on what what he had to say about anything before we get into our thoughts? No, on No,
1: I mean not really. I mean it was it was good stuff. So I, I don't have anything more to add to that.
0: Yeah, I think uh, uh, the the interesting part was some it was him talking about how he, he he didn't want that whole week long delay. I, th- I was wondering about that. Like. It doesn't seem ideal. Yeah, you get everybody kind of heals up a little bit, but I think you lose your rhythm. I think that was a concern we have. But Wisconsin is in a similar place, so everybody's starting from, from that same spot, right? Um, uh, how about the Hank Hank discussion? Any, any thoughts on that one?
1: Um, You know, I liked what he had to say about Ruben, because obviously, I mean, I'm a big supporter of Ruben right you know when he was talking about executing the game plan i thought that was that was good stuff there um and then you know really you know enjoying the ride that we're on right you know and and not worrying so much about the code search but at the same time i'm like i mean that's what we do we want to know what the future is like we've we've reached this point. We want to see like, okay, like now how do we take it to the FAU level? Like how do we, how do we become that final Four team from the American as we move on? How do we keep this program growing? How do we make sure that we don't lose, you know, the next Grant McCaslin or, you know, those type of things. So like, while I, I do agree with him that, you know, it's important to enjoy this run. Like it's also important to look at, you know, what the future holds.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the the 2019 team or the 2020 team, North Texas basketball, may have had a little bit of that, hey, we can make a run. I don't know they they would have got to the Final Four, but they had a little bit of that in there. Um, then More than the team that beat Purdue, I thought, because that team, um, you know, like I said, that team finished 18 and something or whatever it was. Uh, that was the only team that didn't make 20 wins. So I don't know. There's cer- a certain amount of luck to this, right? that uh, um, like are good fortune things clicking into place. For like FAU, which made the Final Four, uh, incredibly. Um, they were a good team, right? But like Middle had a good team a few years ago in 2017 or whatever it was. There have been good teams in Conference USA. Uh, like UAB had a good squad last year, and they kind of came up against a Houston, I thought, that was just better than than a lot of other teams. Like I think that Houston squad that UAB lost to was better than Memphis and better than Tennessee and better than, um, you know, like the Kansas State squads that FAU played. You know, like if FAU played that Houston team, maybe things are different. And, you know, that's it's one of those things. That's the nature of the tournament, right? Uh, it's the danger of making grand proclamations from it, <laughs> you know, and big-time decisions. Sometimes it's just luck and, and who you get and uh, who's playing well on, on a day and that kind of stuff. But.
1: Look, I'll, I'll have a hot take opinion here. What FAU did in the regular season in Conference USA was more impressive than what they've been able to do in the tournament.
0: Ooh, ooh, ooh! Hot. I can't touch that. I need some gloves. <laughs> uh, you know what? But yeah. I, so Tyler Perry he tweeted that, and and then uh, Jelly Walker he tweeted that. with the little selfish slant, I gotta say. Well, so Tyler Perry was like, "Hey, I don't think y'all know how real Conference USA was this year." And Jelly Walker says, uh, yeah, especially when you're the top of the scouting report every week, right? It's a big deal. Um, Yeah, cool. But I think what Tyler Perry was saying is, like, the league was tough. That FAU a couple times uh, uh, in the season. A Charlotte, a good Charlotte team, right? UAB twice. Um, A very good middle. I think if you got middle and then dropped them in the CBI, I think they win that one. I think if you dropped them in the NIT, they probably win a couple games. Middle is a very good squad. Um, you know, just all these things, and we're just rehashing a lot of stuff we said. If if you have listened to the show, uh, you weren't like some of these people with n- that are brand new. Like, you know what? Conference USA is pretty good. Yes. It's been pretty good. We said it's pretty good. <laughs> we've talked about these teams. We watched them. I mean, yeah. They're, they're, it's not a surprise watching FAU have these waves of dudes and then just have a few more guys at the end than you do because we've seen them do that to North Texas, right? And they only beat North Texas by four. Twice.
1: And yeah. I mean, I was talking to my dad after that game and I said, you know, when, when Kansas State had their, their run and and they got up by like seven and then FAU hit a three to cut it back down to four, when it looked like Kansas State was going to take over the game, I was like, look, it's over. FAU is going to win this game because (laughs) we've seen it happen enough throughout the year where they just, they just do that. There's just a point in every game. Where, you know, if they're struggling, and, and they haven't struggled a bunch this year, but w- when they're having a tough game, like the, the switch just flips. And I, I tweeted, you know, about the the first time we played them, um, you know, kind of right after, right before the, the first of the year, I think it was like December 29th or something. And, you know, I took the family to that game up there in Denton because it, it was a big deal in top 50 matchup. And I was like, all right, we're going to see how good FAU is. And, you know, are they the real deal? And, you know, throughout the whole game, North Texas controlled it. And here we are at the under four media timeout. Usman had just fouled out, but we were up by nine. And you still don't think like North Texas does not lose those type of games under Grant McCaslin. They just don't because they're, they're they're a slow possession team and they play great defense to end games. Like that has been the calling card. And so you know FAU found a way to win you know if what Hank was talking about Sissoko so much in the podcast like you know if Sissoko is you know playing back then at the level he's playing at now maybe North Texas doesn't win but there's I mean there's a lot of ifs I mean point being is that FE, FAU has faced a ton of adversity in games all year and they just uh, they, they make winning plays
0: yeah I mean so uh, you can go back and, and, and listen to the show where um, it was last season, North Texas went down and did a Florida road trip and they played FAU. At, I think after FAU had either beat West Western Kentucky or lost at Western Kentucky, I forget. But it was a big matchup against North Texas. North Texas was leading the, in the league at that point. And Mike Forrest missed like three go ahead attempts, right? Some of them were wide open, like just a runner in the lane missed them. And it looked like, you know, FAU were just not ready for the moment, right? they just, They didn't have a big bucket getter when they needed one. And uh, North Texas came up big. Like Tyler Perry had kind of struggled that game. I think Thomas Bell kind of struggled that game. But North Texas pulled out a win. And the the thrust of our argument was like, hey, you got to win those kind of games, right? North Texas just, you know, played ugly and won ugly, and that's 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 good. Um, but it was watching FAU last night, Mike Forrest just hitting big-time shots. That's big-time shot. <laughs> the big time shot. Uh, you know, credit to them. In, in the same way, I give credit to, like, North Texas for battling through adversity. You can see that, like, FAU is a worthy champion of Conference USA. I have no shame in in our favorite program losing to that team because they, they do it the right way, right? They play defense. They all play together. They attack. Um, they got a little swagger to them. You know, you heard, uh, <laughs> you heard John L. Davis <laughs> saying, well, you know, I'm just the best. I just want the ball, whatever. I, you know, like <laughs> you always need that guy that says, <laughs> give me the ball because I'm going to go score. You know, <laughs> Tyler Perry has that. Javion Hamlet has that. I remember Kenny Smith was like, oh, that guy's real confident. I'm talking about Javion Hamlet. Um, but, yeah, you need that. Uh, you can't be a guy like, you nah, know, don't pass me the ball because I'm going to miss. You know, you don't want that guy in your squad. So uh,
1: credit Especially to Especially, like, when you're when when you playing grown man dudes, like you're playing against, like, Tennessee. Like, those those were grown men. Those weren't like your normal college guys, right? And <laughs> and, and you're a young team. you you got to have some swagger to go out because you knew, like in that game, that Tennessee was going to try and punk them. And, and they tried, but, I mean, again, FAU, they're just they're right there.
0: What was that dude, Pavlich, man? The dude just oh, did a man. forearm yeah. shiver right in this chest. <laughs> that guy's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh <laughs> was it was like a Duke guy and some other guy were like, man, get this guy out the game, man. Uh, it's <laughs> he does all the time. All right. So enough talk about FAU. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a, a crazy story. They're in the, f- the final four and it's like a million dollars they earned off this tournament. And it's going to be a million dollars for six years for conference USA. So yeah. Sam Houston state, you're welcome. <laughs> Sam Houston state, Louisiana tech, Western Kentucky. You're welcome. You get a little, a little cash. Um, Alright, so North Texas playing uh, a Wisconsin team, right? You're talking about a team, uh, you know, I brought it up with, with Hank a little bit that, you know, kinda plays our style. And you you brought this up, I think you said you you'd rather Wisconsin over like an Oregon. And I know you're just kinda uh joking and stuff, but um uh, they do sort of fit that style, right? They, they play they play good defense, we play good defense. They eval- excuse me, they value the ball, we value the ball. Um how do you see this matchup coming out? I think their their weakness is a little bit like just shooting. Uh, you look at their four-factors numbers, I think North Texas is just a little bit better offensively compared to their, to them against a, against a good defense. And so I'm feeling good about that. But it's a tournament game, and anything can happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin's been kind of down this year and not, not as crisp. Like when you, you used to talk about Louisiana Tech, not as crisp as they've been in the past. Offensively, because you know, number one, everything for Wisconsin starts with value valuing the ball, and they're like number one in the country in turnover um, percentage. So they don't turn they don't turn over the ball, and, and everything starts there. Secondly, it's like, you know, for so long we've known Wisconsin as this team like that. They had that swing action with uh, what was his name, Bo Ryan, yeah, as as the head coach, and then you know for the past couple of years it's been Greg Gard there. And, you know, he's kind of altered a little bit, a little bit of that. They still kind of run the same stuff. Um, but like for North Texas, you know, I was thinking that, you know, are they able to defend these type of actions? Because, you know, a lot of the teams we play in Conference USA, the majority of them are like motion teams. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where North Texas kind of gets in trouble sometimes, it's like that over-pursuit where you're playing a team that's, pretty good at cutting the backdoor cuts. And that could be an area where I think Wisconsin takes, takes advantage of North Texas is some of the, they have some like high ball screen stuff where it's like, I think they call it like their chin up offense where you have, you know, they're setting a back screen at the high post. Like that's an area where I I think North Texas fans should watch because that could be a problem. We could give up a few easy layups on that. And then it's really dependent on like, you know, we're we're not expecting Usman, So Sissoko defending that, you know, what is he going to do? Is he going to take the man that's coming off or is he going to stay with the post guy that's setting the screen? You know, how they defend that. The second thing, you know, also in my mind is it goes back to like high school days, you know, my (laughs) basketball coach and talking about the the motion offense that is, you know, with North Texas, like there's no, there's not, not like a set, like you can't, it's harder to scout. Right. Because there's just a lot of, you know, what your players are going to do. You know what your teammates going to do. You know that if they're doing this movement, they're going to cut here or pass here type of thing. And that's North Texas versus a Wisconsin. You know, when they get into a specific set, a specific action, these are the things that you're going to be looking for. And so when you have a guy like Hank talked about Ruben, who, you know, is, you know, lives in the scouting report and can execute it. And also to me, like a guy like Aaron Scott, I think of the same way, like those guys understand how to read a scouting report and how to take it to the game. I think that will benefit North Texas in this game. Right. So, I mean, in in every area where North Texas has has struggled has been like length and athleticism versus other teams. And then maybe the ability to take guards into the post Uh, like Charlotte did that to us and that, that hurt us. And then it's also like if you have a a dude, like a jelly Walker type of guy that could take over a game and Wisconsin doesn't really have that guy, right? They depend on a group of players. They got the one point guard. Who's, who's pretty good. Probably their best athlete, the, um, the Chucky Hepburn guy. But you know, after that, it's kind of the seven foot center, maybe Crow like is their next best player. So Like we're we're favored in Ken Palm. The metrics favor North Texas, so you know you gotta be if you're a North Texas fan, you gotta be feeling good about your chances.
0: Yeah, there was nothing about Wisconsin's play that scared me. Right? I think, um, like you said, when you play like a P five team, I think a lot of what you're looking at is like depth. They maybe have more guys than you do. Or like just talent level, like they're top level talent and they got like one or two players that are just so much better or just like better athletes. Right. That's those. those, That's usually what happens when you get um, like in a conference by conference, like matchup that way. I don't ever feel, though, like I I didn't feel that North Texas was physically outmatched by like an Oklahoma state. You know, I mean, there there was a couple moments where you're like, oh, you know, that that's a tough matchup there. But I also felt like you could say the same thing for the other way that when Aaron Scott was doing some things to, to Oklahoma State, you could say, well, I don't know, that Oklahoma State has a guy that can stop Aaron Scott here or, you know, could match up well with uh, what Reuben Jones is doing. Um, and th- they definitely had a hard time guarding Tyler Perry, right? And Tyler Perry is not anybody's idea of, like, a physically imposing dude. You know, <laughs> he's, he's, by a lot of measures, pretty pretty average. He's like 5'11", whatever. So, um I think, uh, you know, in a lot of these things, I'm not scared of Wisconsin in that way. Um, you know, there's a couple times where, like, uh, you know, they, they may have a couple height things, and, like, if Sissoko gets in foul trouble, then you're like, maybe they they, they just have a lot of duck-ins against Jaden Martinez. You're going you're gonna to lose some some things there. But, but you know, what I mean? like, if you're like, okay, we'll accept, man, they're going to get four points on us. Okay, cool. Let's not let them get into the action that allows that to happen. I think that's where the emphasis has to be. And you punish them in another way, right? So if Martinez is out there then you're gonna say, Well, we're gonna take advantage of our spacing and we're gonna shoot better, right? That's that's the thing. We'll trade twos for threes, maybe. Um and so like there's there's a plan for a plan for a plan, right? There's a lot of these things happening. I think overall I like what North Texas brings to the table. Um, I think you said they defend well, they execute a game plan well. I, I can I'm scouring my brain right now for a time where we came out and they were like, "Man, North Texas just looks lost." I think <laughs> UAB came out and went up 22 to two, but that was like we said, rebounding, right? As Mac said, it was like rebounding. Looked like North Texas was pressing a couple times. It wasn't, "Hey, we're not. We're just leaving guys wide open for three and the people pointing at each other." It wasn't that. It was like Jelly Walker hit a couple buckets, a, a foul here that shouldn't have happened, this, that, and the other. Similar with like middle. Middle jumped out to a big lead. It was like 18 to five or something like that. In Murfreesboro. Uh, a lot of that was like, oh, bad passes. I think Tyler Perry did a, a cross-court pass that he shouldn't have. And then he got a, a alley-oop dunk. Um, and it was a, 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 f- a drive, a foul, and one, right? So it was some effort things, and it wasn't really game plan things. I don't know that North Texas really gets – out schemed a lot. And I think that's good. You know, in contrast to maybe the football squad where we say it, there's <laughs> not there's not every time that Seth Sethell came out you're like, oh Seth Lachell got him again, you know. They weren't ready for that Seth Lachell special. It never really happened. Here, I yeah. didn't know Texas always well prepared. So I'm I'm confident that way.
1: Yeah, they've always been well prepared. I, I think some of the scheme troubles they've had have been like versus FAU and Rice with like the point forward. Yeah. Like Fielder and um and Glovin. Oh. Uh, Vlad like th- those guys like gave them trouble I think and, and just the actions that Florida Atlantic ran I mean it wasn't like they were scoring a bunch against us but it was when we played them at FAU and it wasn't like a defensive slug fest like we, we couldn't get a stop <laughs> when we needed to get a stop against yeah. their guards and so like I'm not sure that Wisconsin I, I don't think that they are that type of offense like I, I agree with you like the Duckins and getting you know some of the guys like in in trouble like if you have jaden martinez having to guard a seven foot dude like that's gonna be a struggle right but then you're like well maybe on the opposite end you know we can spread the floor against them uh i will point to say in like wisconsin i think they beat penn state twice so they've held their their ground against like the five out offense Mm -hmm. so maybe that's not a thing but I mean, like, it's uh, – we, sh- we should beat this team. We should we should absolutely <laughs> beat Wisconsin.
0: Wisconsin. Um, so here's the other thing, right? Like, they're a good team. North Texas is a good team. And you're going to get two good teams battling out. And, and there's a little bit of an element of it's a tournament. It's a neutral site. I think Hank said this is a neutral site, neutral venue. That always throws some things into a weirdness into it. Um, I, North Texas has been playing very well at home, right? Yeah, like I said – Last five games at in the Super Pit, I think, were blowouts. Um, on the road, right, lost at Charlotte, but you know, some that was just Tyler here, just having an off night. And we talked about that, and uh, you know, and, and it's kind of the the mismatch with that dude Patterson, that big dude. You know, I saw him in person at the at the Conference USA tournament. That dude is a big dude. <laughs> he is a <laughs> huge dude. I was like, okay, I get, I get why he, it's not just like, oh, he just it somehow got in there. You're like, oh, he looks like a uh, like a power forward. Yeah, you add an inch or two <laughs> on him, you're like, okay, he can be in there, you know, power forward. Um, so and you know, like Charlotte, turns out they were they we thought they were playing well late in the season. They're playing very well. They won the CBI, you know, and you can get you can disparage that tournament, whatever, if you want, but it says something about that squad to go win a tournament, and they did it. Um, so you know, I, I, I forgot my point now um what i'm saying is that like we're playing very well at home on the road are neutral sites less so right that you know that uab loss. that i don't know if you want to chalk some of that up to being in a tournament setting saying hey frisco is kind of weird maybe okay but everybody has to encounter that or like weird venues i mean gallagher iba arena is a basketball venue it's a, a historic basketball venue and north texas still only shot 35 percent, right so some of it just you know teams are going to make you play uh differently uh you need to hit the shots that you have available sometimes it's not going to go in Basketball is about making shots, but it's also about all the other things, right? Creating good shots, getting second shots, preventing second shots, um, you know, all, all those things there. Um, and I think North Texas does enough of those things for me to feel confident in that. Um, you
1: know. Yeah, I mean, so Wisconsin's tournament that they were at during the regular season was the Atlantis tournament. Imperial Arena at Atlantis Resort. So I don't know, like, how that compares to the Orleans arena, but, like, I think about what North Texas, some of the arenas that they've been in, you know, the battle for Atlantis stuff at the beginning of the season where we play our conference tournament, you know, we like, we played in some weird, weird places, <laughs> right, versus yeah. Wisconsin that's probably used to a traditional arena. And so, like, hey, that that's something that could benefit North Texas.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I, I don't really want to see – any of these uh, heart-pounding kind of games anymore. Uh, I was watching the, uh, My friend was telling me I was playing soccer with him this morning. He was like, oh, man, that Oklahoma State was a fun game, huh? I was like, no, it wasn't. It, uh, you know, I almost got a heart attack out there, man. I can't be watching these games. <laughs> I'm getting too old now. <laughs> uh, you know, heart like, oh, come uh, on, just need a rebound.
1: Let's get it. Yes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, I mean, my heart rate was fine. I showed my son my heart rate during his soccer game <laughs> yesterday morning, and it was like 122 to 149. He was like, Daddy. I was like, look, dude, I get excited when you play." And you I mean, it's different when you're parent; You're nervous out there, yeah. so.
0: <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> but Like, uh, some, it, sort of an aside, my daughter was playing drums in a band, and, you know, like, that, yeah, I'm just watching. i excited. I'm nervous for her. I'm the, the whole thing is happening now. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Um but yeah, so all right. Wisconsin on Tuesday and that's the early game. Right after that it's Utah Valley and UAB. Uh I mean I'm just going to say like I I don't I don't want to knock a Utah Valley. They're like a Cinderella story too in the NIT. But I don't care. You know? I don't care about no <coughs> Utah Valley. And I care about UAB. And I think it'll be a it'll be great if UAB gets there, North Texas gets to the final because at the very least it would mean another <laughs> another Conference USA team is going to win the tournament. Uh, now, we obviously, we want that to be good old North Texas. Uh, North Texas State to some of y'all. North Texas University to Varquese Gums, apparently. But University of North Texas to everybody
1: else.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, that's what he said. I love the other thing And he like North Texas University. Like, hey, that, that's not a school I didn't go to. Nobody went to North Texas University. <laughs> 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 um, and... Uh, um, what was I saying so? Like it, you know, CBI won, right? CBI done. Uh, NIT close, and we got FAU carrying the flag all the way into the into the Final Four. Now, look, I think UConn or Texas is gonna steamroll them because UConn and Texas are playing the best basketball right now. Uh, they like UConn doesn't look like they are playing the same sport as anybody else. They're just steamrolling everybody. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. Again, that like you know, I was talking with somebody yesterday. I was like, look. FAU can beat Miami. They can beat Creighton. They can beat San Diego State. I don't know if they can beat Texas or if they can beat UConn. I don't think they can beat UConn. They might be able to beat Texas if Texas has, like, an off shooting night um, type of thing. Because, I mean, Texas, like, they've exceeded their expectations in, like, the last six of in six of their last seven games. I saw that this morning. So when I say exceed expectations, like their offensive output, they're just like performing where the metrics don't think that they would perform. And like some of that was coming against Xavier. I was like, man, that's not a Texas team that I know that just hits those type of shots. They usually like, like miss them. I'm like, and Marcus Carr is hitting that. And that Hunter dude and uh, Rice is – I mean, he's really good too. But I'm like, if all three of those dudes are hitting me, you're not be I don't care if DeSue ain't playing. You're not beating Texas. Yeah. I mean,
0: I, I think there's always a game, and, and maybe we had that game against Sam Houston where you're like, oh, if they're going to just hit all these shots, there's there's no way we can win, right? North Texas shooting like yeah. – what was that? Reuben Jones, 5-5 five, five from three. There's sometimes you're just like, all right, well, you know, <laughs> it's over. <laughs> I can't do anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you, you can't you can't beat that. So like for me, I think I kinda wanna face the Utah Valley. Like I wanna see something something different, but I mean if we face UAB, I, I'm hopeful that we just put them in the ground. I I just they got something coming to them for what they did to us in Frisco. Like I mean they jumped all over us. And I think i mean, you know this. You you talk to more of the guys, like there there has to be a sense of like, yeah, we, we, we got something for them.
0: Yeah, you can see it. I mean, and I think it's inspired uh, all the the team. Uh, and seeing the interface, they, looking at Mac when he came out of the, the semifinal loss to UAB at their locker room, um, he had to look like, we're going to go win this thing. Like, he was pissed off about the way it happened. Like, he felt like they were sort of done wrong. You know, And that and they, I don't think they were like, oh, we got, you know, screwed over. But it's more like, we should have won or we should have had a chance to play an FAU. And I, I think that they thought they could beat FAU, right, and, like, 100%. And, you know, you hear what Aaron Scott said about the 10 minutes uh, that he was gone. He felt like that was his fault. I mean, I don't think that's his fault. Um, I think everybody thinks that if Aaron Scott was in that game, maybe the, the game was a little bit closer than it was in the second half because he's he's just that kind of guy that can – X-factor dude and um and i think they want that 10 minutes back <laughs> where they only scored 2 points and they allowed <laughs> 22 right like i mean if even if you get half the you know the the margin i i think north texas is in just a completely different spot so you heard that you heard tyler perry talking about like he's going to get back in the lab and 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 you know um he was hungry to do that you saw him show up to the fau uab title game like you know to watch the game uh he's one of those guys and i think there's a lot of those team uh, guys on the team that are hungry to write some wrongs. We talked about that FAU game, the first one. Down the stretch, one issue was that the guys were missing shots. And then, you know, Aaron Scott, Tyler Perry, Reuben Jones, um, who else said this? Uh, I forget who else. Uh, they all said something similar and that was, uh, oh, Kai Huntsbury, Everybody's like, everybody put in the work, right? Like, you know, you go to the gym early for practice and guys are there shooting. Because they wanted to make up for missing those shots. And you saw that. It that, that paid off. Aaron Scott has been money from three. It's been crazy. Reuben Jones. shoot That Sam Houston State game where everybody was hitting threes. You remember, <laughs> like Tyler Perry said, that Southern Nazarene and some of those other ones early in the season. You're like, oh, man, I don't know. We got guys that can shoot. <laughs> we got all these shooters and nobody's making anything. And Sam Houston State, when it counts, NIT time, uh, buckets all day. You know, can't leave them open. Um, so... In that way, yeah, I think they're they're all ready and they're all hungry and they've been putting in the work. I think that's driven them through this NIT tournament, and I would like to see them <laughs> unleash it on UAB in the final. Mm. You know, a little storybook yeah, yeah. there.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, right off the uh, into the sunset. Tyler Perry has his moment. You know, a legend. He should have his jersey hung up. Um, In the rafters, uh, Grant McCaslin rides off into the sunset, out into Northwest, whatever. You, if you want to call it West Texas, whatever, rides off to Lubbock, that thing. And, yeah. you know, it, it's a celebration and a goodbye.
0: All right. So where do you stand on this? There's been talk on it. Can you catch me and the fans and the listenership up uh, to the latest and greatest in the Grant McCaslin, um, was it New Jab Saga?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, there was a a lot of speculation last week. And, I mean, for the most part, everybody felt like, you know, you had the two Goodman um, tweets that, you know, Goodman covers basketball for for stadium and is is tied in in a lot of different areas. Uh, Tech fans really just, they hate the guy because they think that he was a Chris beard type of – anyways – Moving on. So be- <laughs> uh, Goodman had the two tweets about, you know, hey, McCaslin is the front runner. And then it was like, hey, you know, they're, he's he's going to be named the head coach after, you know, the the NIT after North Texas finishes their run. Then, like, Friday, he was doing the pregame show for – they they have the Field of 68 podcast, which is it's pretty good. And, um, like, you know, midway through the show, you know, he was like, wow – you know, McCaslin is waffling, you know, with his decision to, to go to uh, Texas Tech. And then they were talking about, hey, he's not a, he might not be a great fit there. And, and, and really, that kind of sparked a little bit of a storm of, on Twitter. Like, you have that coaching changes Twitter account, which, you know, sometimes it's accurate. Sometimes, like, it's way out there in left the field. <laughs> saying, Oh, he backed out of the deal. And then like two minutes later, or maybe it's just a negotiating tactic. And then two minutes later, Oh no, everything's fine. He's going to take the job. Um, and then, you know, I watched after show after the sweet 16 wrap up at the field of 68 and um, they do it on Sirius XM as well too. Like they do an hour, but then like, after they finished their show, they, they got like 15 minutes and they're just a- taking questions. And so like, I kept like, asking the question like what about Texas tech what about Texas tech just trying to see if he I, and and they asked him and they were like oh it's a it's a good question like well you know i think they're still working out some of the details of the contract um but i'm pretty sure he's going to take the job and then you know one of the texas tech insiders for like either 24 7 or their rivals one said you know hey it's it's a finalized deal as of tonight and um you know, McCaslin's going to take the job. And and then we really haven't heard anything else after that. There's been some Twitter stuff saying, hey, you know, McCaslin told his team he's not taking the job. I don't think he's told his team. Like, I, I don't think it's like him to tell his team anything like that. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think the team is really even asking him mm-hmm. either. Like, that's just my speculate. That's just pure speculation. Could be 100% wrong. But I think at the end of the day, he's going to take – the Texas tech job. Like this just, I think it's a, it's a done deal. The agents, they've all worked it out. He's, he's interviewed with them. He's talked with them and they've done it all behind the scenes. And uh, he's been able to maintain his focus on the NIT. Uh, but you know, there, you could have the theory that he hasn't truly decided yet and is waiting on the finish to the NIT. Like that could be the, the thing where he, he hasn't signed the dotted line yet on the piece of paper that says it's official and, you know, maybe he changes his mind, you know, what would it, in your mind, what do you think it would take? Let's say, you know, looking at the Texas or looking at the big 12 coaches, you know, Mark Adams, I think he was paid somewhere in the range of like $3 million per year, but then you have Jerome Tang who was like 2.4 or something Porter Moser, who's in the two range, you know, what, what do you think it would take for North Texas to offer him for him to turn down Texas Tech?
0: I mean, I think it has to be, what, what is he now? Uh, at 1-7 or something like that here?
1: No, no, no. His, like, base is, I think, 800, but with incentives and everything, like, he makes a little over a million.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a certain thing, right, like where it's not really about the money in terms of, like, you know is it is it paying for the groceries now groceries have gotten more expensive so i would use like yeah i need a grocery bump uh give me another two hundred thousand so i can buy some eggs or whatever maybe but like i think it's about um it's like a respecting right you know like hey i'm the best coach in conference usa maybe you know he could reasonably say that for a few years now dusty may is like final poor. <laughs> Um, but you know, like I think you could say, you know what, I'm not final for Dusty May, but maybe um, you know, like five hundred thousand dollars within that range or something. And then there's a lot of other factors there and you know, a lot of other things that you need from a head coach, you know, you know, maybe there's like, Hey, do this radio show please and we'll kick an extra three hundred thousand. They find ways to get you a little money here and there, right? Um but uh, some of it just is respect, right? You don't wanna be like, Man, you're making a little money, and this dude's not doing This guy's losing, and he's making more money. It's just about respecting, right, and not necessarily, um, you know, like living wages or whatever. Past a certain point, I mean, you're fine, right? So I, I think he's fine and happy and, and all that other good stuff. I think it's about respect, uh, but I don't know how much more North Texas can squeeze out of the donors and everybody else to say, let's give him a raise. I, w- I certainly, look, it, it, given his performance, I think he's he's due, you know, another bump and raise. I don't know if it's like a million dollar raise because I just don't know if that's available. But if you can give him two and a half, I'd give him two and a half. But I don't know you can. But if you can give him like one point five as a base, why not? I mean, you know, like what? Yeah, it's to me that's an investment in the program. And you look at what FAU's doing, right? North Texas could go to the Sweet Sixteen with the right kind of investment, and. If you're like, you know what, here's Grant McGasson committing to North Texas, and he's been very successful, that makes it just a little bit easier to recruit, a little bit easier to, to get some other guys in, and where guys are saying, you know, uh, or even coaches saying on, or like quality people attracted to your program because you've invested in the coach. And you're, they're saying, you know what, maybe I'll take a little bit less just to learn from him. Maybe I'll take a little bit less just to be a part of this. This, any other, right, and the whole way. And maybe it means some more, you know, hey, we invested in this coach, and you look at your donors, your your business partners, your business community, and you say, we need you all to step up now. We've invested here. You can be a part of this. Like, get in now, right, not after we make the Final Four, not after we make – you know, like, get in now so you can be part of that journey. And we can say, yeah, you knew you were part of building the program, right? So.
1: But but at the same time, if you're an investor, you're a donor, right, and you see McCaslin, and it's been, you know – Texas tech previously, Oklahoma come knocking at the door. Then he was, you know, almost had, he, he basically had the LSU job. He basically had the SMU job and he turned those down. Like how much more are you, you know, what's the next job that's going to, Oklahoma's going to open up probably pretty soon later. And Porter Moser, like he doesn't want to be in, in Norman and I don't blame him. Like he wants to go back to the um, Chicago area. And then, there's TCU and Jamie Dixon, and there's been rumblings there about him being unhappy. And I know that's his alma mater, but like there's been talk about him leaving, too, and that would be a perfect opportunity for McCaslin. So again, I come back to, if you're a donor, like, do I want to? Is this a smart investment for us to pay McCaslin this much money if he's just going to be here for one more year and then he's gone?
0: Yeah, I think I think yeah, you can because if you're saying, you know what, maybe we get another year. So all right, we raise his salary one point five. And then you raise his buyout clause accordingly. And so then you earn your money back, basically, right? I mean, or you just mitigate any losses you get. So you get all the benefits that I just laid out. Hey, we got to do, we're investing in them, we're giving them more money. And at the same time, if he takes another gig, you know, well, you just raise the cost. And so, like, you you know, you, you get out looking okay. Uh, I, I don't think there's anything wrong, and I've said this for a thousand years. Investing in basketball is great because you look, at, again, you look at what FAU d- did. FAU is two wins away from the national championship, right? FAU, their football squad, a very good football squad, didn't get close to winning a national championship, right? When they were at the peak. You look down in San Antonio, UTSA, very good football team in one conference USA, not even close to a national championship, right? FAU right now, basketball squad, they played in that terrible gym, the borough, right? But it doesn't matter because they're two wins away, you know, <laughs> from the national. They got to play in Madison Square Garden. They're getting there on CBS, you know, this whole thing. And it's, it's just an investment in a coach. You don't need 15 dudes the way you do it in football, right? is a coach and a guy. And then you need a GA and then somebody to do, you know, um, you know. Right now, North Texas hired a on-campus recruiting person, you know. like There's a lot of investment in football. And, yeah, it brings in a lot of money. But, in terms of, if, are you going to win any hardware? Are you going to hold up any titles? Are you going to do any of that? No, it's fifteen dudes you need, and you don't even really need fifteen. You need about eight, right? The guys would be walk-ons. <laughs> I
1: know? bet you some of these schools that have made hires, like in the Northeast, are probably kicking themselves, like Providence, like man, we, we could have waited and said again, Kim English, who's a, a decent coach from George Mason. Like, we could have waited and we could have got Dusty May, Final Four Dusty May. <laughs> and then we probably could have gone and poached some of his players with some NIL money. Like, yeah. like if, if Dusty May gets kicked out in the first round or Memphis or maybe, like, the second round or something, like, he's probably not coaching at FAU.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, that's the thing is that, like, I wonder about that guy. And I know we're kind of getting off off topic. I wonder about that guy, though, right? Like, you go to the Final Four at FAU, do you jump ship if somebody offers you a boatload of money? Or do you say, no, we did it here, we can do it again? Because, I mean, look, being serious, I don't know that FAU can get to the Final Four next year. They'll be a top 25. They'll be a good program. But there was a lot of special things happening. They talked about, you know, staff members or whatever, talking about how it clicked for them this year. And... That's why you got to live in the now. It, it's not going to be a special next year just because it's very difficult. And if you don't believe me, go to North Carolina, right, and <laughs> go talk to those dudes and talk about what the difference is between a year where it all clicks and another year where it just doesn't, right?
1: Yeah, but, I mean, like how they built their roster, I think the biggest thing for FAU is going to be keeping their roster intact because if, if they keep all those dudes the way that they're built, they can win a lot of games and be a make another deep run in March. Like for Dusty May, are you going to your final four coach? You know, you're probably getting assurances from your donors that you're getting a new arena. We're going to give you $1.5 million or or $2 million a year to be like a bump in your salary. We're going to find some Miami NIL money. And, <laughs> you know, and then you just sit here for a year. Instead of, like, what are your options now? Like, Texas Tech isn't calling him probably because no. they're, they're going to get McCaslin. So your other option is Penn State. I no. know you're from that, that area, but Penn State is a crap job, and Shrewsbury just ran out the door so he could go take <laughs> Notre Dame because he doesn't have any of his players. Like, yeah, it's a boatload of money, but, again, if you're Dusty May, I can wait for Florida State. You know, Leonard Hamilton is old um laranaga at miami he's old like i could have another great year Mm -hmm. at fau with my dudes then most of those guys are going to be gone next year and then i can go take one of those jobs or wait for something that you know is is better maybe maybe indiana because he's from indiana maybe that opens up right so i think like and and i know you're you know we're kind of getting off but it comes back to like
0: i i think what you're saying makes sense and i think that's what Grant McCaslin did, right? You look at that SMU job that he was offered last year, and it sort of answers that question. Um, I don't know that SMU was a better gig in that moment. Like it w- You would have had to build that program a little bit. And yeah, with NIL and all this other stuff, but again, the way that Grant likes to build his program is a little different, and it takes a little, like, it takes a lot more you care about things. And so I don't know that SMU made sense from that perspective. He already had his guys at North Texas. And so he, coming back, I mean, again, it's not like he has poverty wages, right? Coming back to North Texas was fine. You still got Tyler Perry conference. He was a player of the year. And then you got, you know, he he liked what Jaden Martinez brought, Sissoko brought, Edie brought, Kai Huntsbury brought. And he was like, I think we can do some good things with this. He's excited about it. They already had the program, the culture in place, the staff. It made sense. Now, leaving this one, the way he's talked, And then what uh, Hank said and whatever. I get the hint, just piecing it all together, I just get like the vibe that he's like, this is one last run with these guys. And that could be true, and he's going to start a new run with more guys at North Texas. But if there was a time to split, it's now. Tyler Perry's probably leaving. Kai Huntsbury's uh, in the eligibility. Edie Martinez, like all these dudes that he's been with for a long time, uh, like even like Reuben Jones has been like three years uh, there. It's sort of an end of a time. Now you can get some more guys and you can keep doing it. I think, you know, he, if if you paid him $5 million to stay, he would be like, all right, let's do it again. That'd be fun. Um, but going back to the original question, what would it take? I, I think it would take a serious commitment, like meaning here's $10 million in the bank wired to you right now for a new arena, that will get built within five years, right? Probably three years, but more likely five. Um, here is a bump in pay to 1.7, because I think that's just, that, and then you get the, the bonuses and all that, go to the Final Four, win the tournament game, win, it, win the American, be ranked at top 25, that gets you like 2.2, and I think that's fine, right? That, once you get to that point, it's all whatever. Like, as long as you're within that shouting distance of two, well, 1.7 is basically two, then you're good. And I think he doesn't feel like he's underpaid. Uh, I think he feels like he's getting respected, with you know, and not putting the whole university out. And I think that would make him say, you know what? There is enough commitment, enough push here, and I can also win and compete. But to me, that win and compete and do that—that's the more important thing. And I think he's like you look at Texas Tech; it's a place he's already familiar with all this other stuff. But they have facilities right now, right? The difference being is that right now in North Texas, somebody can show him a spreadsheet. They can show him a uh you know, a 3D model of like, man, it's gonna be cool when we put that. But he can walk into that place right now at Texas Tech. He can go in. They probably sat him down at the chair. Let's feel that chair. Doesn't that feel good? You know? <laughs> we got a heating we got <laughs> we warm your warm your tush right here. Look at that. Nice and warm, man. Um, all of that stuff is there right now. And he can say, you know what, I could do so much more with this right now. <laughs> I can get players, these same players I'm getting in North Texas, I can get them at Texas Tech. I can get maybe the ones that I couldn't get at North Texas. And I can play the same kind of basketball. I can compete. I can win the Big 12, the best league in the nation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I think that is the biggest straw for him. In my, yeah, I don't know the guy, but that, that's, that's what I think. He's a competitor. You talked We've seen the clips of him. I want to win championships. I want to win. My Where can you win the national title? I mean, at Texas Tech. You're closer to win the national title at Texas Tech than you're at North Texas. Now, can you win it at North Texas? Yes. It's just a lot harder. And, um, you know, giving yourself a better shot. That's what that is, to go win a title at Texas Tech. It makes sense to me.
1: Now you turn to, okay, so Matt, I think we're both on the same page. Matt McCaslin, he's going to take the Texas Tech job. Now you're Jaron Mosley, you're six months on the job, and you're making career-defining decisions, like, right away, man. Like, he's, he's had to hire a football coach. He's going to have to hire a women's basketball coach. Now he's going to have to hire a men's basketball coach. Like, what does he do?
0: I mean, I think you kind of do what, what I guess the university did uh, and then look inward. I think the number one play has to be for Ross Hodge. That's been pretty much the what we've all said for like seven years now, whatever it is. You said it, I think, uh, on this show before. bring up the clip from a 1,000 years ago. You're like, Ross Hodge, that's the dude. we got to get that guy. He's going to be the next one. When McGassin Mag- leaves, Ross Hodge is the dude. And I think that's only proven to be more true as the time has gone on. Um I think it it would make the fans feel good. Uh it would be it would make the players, any players stay in and the administrators and all that other stuff, the donors, all that stuff feel good. Now, there's always a donor, there's always a fan, and there's always somebody that wants to go play the game <laughs> and they wanna go <laughs> out there and wine and dine and like I wanna show off my fancy jet and I wanna fly, you know, Rick Patino around or something, you know. I mean whatever. You you know, you can still do that. and I think that's that's all part of the deal. You interview Ross Hodge you interview like three other dudes, you know. It, I don't. I think you got to do that. It's doing due diligence. You get an idea of what you want, of who's out there, of who's interested in your program. There's a lot of value to it, and you take it seriously, right? You really consider these people. Don't just, you know, bullshit it. Like, don't don't look at your phone while the guy's talking. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> but <laughs> I sent you a, a list of people that I thought you know could possibly be interested. Were there any of like the fired coaches like recently that you thought? Would I'm sure like they they would call like you know kerman Davis is calling.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, I think I think that's a part of the like the whole process that we don't see. And some of these guys that you know I think that have like a level of respect and aura, they're out there hustling. <laughs> they're like, hey man, <laughs> I sure would love to have your job. You know, my name's Kermit Davis, uh, Bruce Weber. Don't you know? come. So I'll read the list out for the listeners. Um, you put leader in the clubhouse, Ross Hodge. Assistant Head Coach. We talked enough about him. I think that makes sense. There's a lot. Yeah, I think you kind of know him. He maybe gives an interview, so there's no, no obviously. Like, oh, this guy. He's a terrible public speaker. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's like that. Uh, should be interested. You put Joe Golding, UTEP head, current head coach. I wouldn't hate that. There's history there with the AD, uh, Scott Cross, Troy head coach. He's a former uh, was it UT Arlington guy, right? So, uh, and then John Jackus. Baylor associate head coach. Uh, I think there's a lot of value in getting more Baylor guys because, you know, uh, Jerome Tang, uh, even Grant McGaslin, there's a lot of value there. Uh, I, I think uh, a lot of people like Scott Cross because of his history of getting talent, right? Is that is that what it is?
1: Yeah. yeah. He had talented teams there. I mean, they didn't do much in the tournament, <laughs> like, uh, but, uh, you know, they had some really talented teams. And, I mean, we beat them, too. <laughs> yeah. As well, I mean, I mean, he's he's familiar with the Metroplex. I think like he could win. I don't know though. Like again, if if I'm deciding, if I'm Mosley, and I'm deciding between Ross Hodge and Scott Cross, I'm probably gonna still lean Ross Hodge. Like that's so. I'm saying like if, if Mosley. Some of those guys on the list, I'm like, you know, it, it's not the same as hiring Tony Benford, who didn't have the skins on the wall. Like Ross Hodge was a successful JUCO coach. Like he, he won a a ton of games at that level. So he's been a grinder. He knows how to win and he's seen people that he's been with. He came up with Larry Eustacey at Southern Miss. He was with them when they were good at Colorado state. Then he followed, you know, McCaslin to Arkansas state. Like he's seen good stuff and he's been, he's seen good offense. Now he's known for his defensive stuff. So it's, it's less of a risk than taking like the, the guy from Baylor You know, he's had six years on the bench with Scott Drew and he spent time in Gonzaga with Mark Few and and like, that's a good lineage to come from. Right. But there's not like, you don't know how good he's going to be because he's never been the head dude. We know Ross Hodge can be the dude and be successful.
0: I think the counterpoint to that is Jerome Tang went out there and killed it. He took a Kansas State.
1: But he spent 35 years on the bench. Like, there's, you know, the six years versus 35 years. And I think there was somebody was talking about Tang and how, like, he wasn't the same way he is now as he was, like, earlier on. Like, he was harder on players. And then, you know, Scott Drew got him to buy into the whole culture of joy and loving people and that type of thing and he hired like a rock star staff at kansas state like that is a badass staff of people right that's another thing so for ross hodge and and the group the amount of money that we have right i have full confidence that he could go out and find dudes that are just like him to fill the role that he just had like he could go find a coach from from Midland college or something that has won 100 games and we pay them more, and it's more of a life of luxury at North Texas. And that's going to be a great benefit for us.
0: Yeah, that's a good point because, I mean, it really is. It's like, hey, how about you don't have to wash uniforms after the game? We got a guy for that. You can just, you know, you're you're, you're in charge of the defense, and, and we pay you more money. Like, you know what, sign me up. <laughs> I don't like it.
1: Instead, it's you're in charge of the offense. Cause oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go find a guy that just won yesterday from. Uh, he was kind of old though. Is the Nova South Florida like they, they put up 109 points or something? Like, can we find find that dude in the JUCO Division Two ranks? Bring him here.
0: Uh, so it was the, uh, you had Kyle Keller, Stephen F. Austin guy, Darren Horn, Northern Kentucky, Darian Devries. Vri- De De yeah, uh, we played Drake, him
1: at Drake. Yeah, uh, doesn't make a lot of money.
0: Uh, and then the fired guys: Billy Kennedy, Kermit Davis. Uh, he was a former Middle Tennessee guy, in case you're wondering. Uh, he was Middle Tennessee guy. He left for Ole Miss, and then got fired from Ole Miss. Uh, Mark Turgeon, Bruce Weber—is it Weber or Weber? I always say Weber. And then Mike yep. Anderson. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Weber. He was he was an Illinois guy, right? For a while, and then he got yeah. yeah so went um, to Kansas State.
1: Yeah, yeah. Billy Kennedy was at Texas A&M, got fired. He he was actually more successful or made deeper runs at A&M than Buzz Williams did at A&M so far. And he was on the bench at Wichita State this past year. Um, Then you had the the other guy, Mike Anderson. You know, his days, he was at Arkansas. He was at Missouri. He was up at St. John's, probably not the best fit for him. Turgeon was sniffing around the Wichita State job. Again, he was very successful. Successful at A and M, so that's why I kind of, you know, I I bet you like a hundred dollars that Greg Marshall from Wichita State is going to reach out and be like, hey, I'm available.
0: <laughs> you know, I sure do love Denton. Uh, I mean, so like, here's the thing, right? I, I'm not one of these guys that says no. It has to be a this kind of guy. I think you limit your stuff there. I think that's part of the equation. And so when you're interviewing a guy and you say, hey, look, so I know you had success here and you didn't have success here. What are you taking from both things? Like did you learn what gave you success and what also prevented your success? And then how are you applying that here, right? Like I think that one, you see what they learn and then two, you see how they think. And that can also tell you a little bit about yourselves, like how how your job is perceived, right? So if they're like, Well, you know, you know, there's a lot of donor interference or whatever, I'm just making something up. And then you're like, Okay, well, I mean, what if we start getting? I don't know. Mattress Mac wants to come in here. And start to, is that going to be a problem? Is that what you're saying, or I don't know what? what you know, what I mean, like, what is donor interference? What do you mean? What does that mean? What what can you know? Is that what you're going to get here, or something like that? I don't know. Uh, or like, well, it just you know, culturally. Wait, like, what do you mean culturally? Like, what what kind of? What was the problem? You know what I mean? Like, oh, this guy's tweeting at me all the time. I mean, we got guys <laughs> tweeting at you here. You know I mean, I, I think those things are important to learning and. and some things can click, right? Some some things uh, like um, there's an organizational culture that just everybody's going away. And it could be something small and seemingly unrelated. Like, you know, you talk about culture of joy. Maybe you try to do something like that and everybody just kind of takes it wrong. Like, you sound kind of corny, buddy. I don't like this. And so it's harder to build that because everybody thinks you're corny. Um, or if you're just like a hard-ass kind of guy and everybody's real joyful and nice and then you say something that's kind of mid level for you and they just think that's the worst thing ever and then nobody's gonna buy it. So a lot of these things like you know you take some of that attitude and go to the East Coast where everybody's a little bit a little bit more terse and to the point and so then you're like, oh that fit right in you know it's amazing.
1: yeah like I, the, the crazy thing about college basketball searches is there's not a ton of information out there like there is for the football searches. Like, it's just, you know, you're given an initial list of guys and then, you know, a week later or something you have, Oh, this guy's the finalist. And you're like, well, well, I don't know where that guy come from. I don't know. (laughs) So like, I think that there's going to probably be, if North Texas opens it up and, you know, accepts other applications instead of just Ross Hodge, there's going to be a mid-major coach somewhere that is unhappy, that has been successful, and is like, I'm not getting paid as much as McCaslin. I can go to North Texas. I can get paid double what I'm getting paid here, and I can make that team even better. And then maybe I parlay that job into the next Big 12 job, right? So look at Ryan Odom at Utah State. That was a really great basketball team. Um, and he was the dude that came from UCMBD, the U, one that beat Virginia. Yeah,
0: yeah, MBC. Yeah,
1: they know. beat Virginia, the first sixteen seed, right? So he came there. He went to Utah State, and now, now we're. His, it, it looks like he's going to head probably somewhere to like South Florida, South Florida, right? And and nobody was expecting that type of move. Yeah. So that that could that could happen, and so like I'm out there. I'm like, okay, who's that dude? Who is that dude? And so that's kind of why I put the Drake guy. Yeah. Like he doesn't make that much money at Drake. The Missouri Valley isn't what it was before. No. Because they lost Creighton. They lost um, they lost Wichita State. So like, you know, if North Texas offers them $2 million to come be their head coach, I think he's the one dude right now out of all those people that I listed that I would take over Ross Hodge.
0: I mean, and and that's why I think you can get something back because I I think uh you know the fan reaction to Tony Menford being let go was all right. Let's get let's get one of these Johnny Jones dudes or let's bring Johnny Jones back. And I think Johnny Jones is interested in the job too. He called he called up North Texas. Was like, uh, yeah, I, I you know I I did hear that actually that he was like, hey, uh, I'm willing to come back. I can come back and uh, coach him up again.
1: He'd probably say it again.
0: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, and like, and no, for him, that's not bad. I mean, he he had success here, but I think there there was value in looking around and saying, who else is available? And it didn't seem like Grant McGassin was available. Uh, he just won twenty games at Arkansas State. He was just there for one year, but he was. Uh, apparently, he just didn't didn't really vibe <laughs> with them in Northeast Arkansas, whatever it is. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think there's always. Uh, you know, some options out there that you're not in in places where you're not really expecting to find them. And, um,
1: yeah. And and the thing will be, it'll be a struggle. I think probably for the fan base that if it isn't Ross Hodge, like, you know, it's, it, could it's going to be a different brand of basketball. Like we've, we've become accustomed to this, you know, tough, toughest team wins, defensive mentality type of program. And it's won us a lot of games, but, like, you can win basketball games in a multitude of ways. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't just have to be defense. But, you know, I think if it isn't Ross Hodge, it's going to take a while for for people to accept what it is, unless it is a really successful men major coach like DeVries.
0: Yeah, and that's one of those things, right? Like, I think that there's danger in just sticking with a system, right? Like, oh, I'll just hire this guy. He might not be as good of a coach, but he coaches the system that I think everybody. There's value in it, right? Because everybody keeps on the same page. You keep up the same kind of thing, um, and you and you look like a Texas Tech, right? They like Mike Leach went in there, threw the ball around, and now everybody goes in there, throws the ball around. Um, I don't know that they they you know like they are looking at hey maybe that's the right offense for them all the time, but I think they're always going to be kind of married to that. And you get that in other sports too, like soccer. They're like oh well. Here we play beautiful soccer, and that's the only way. And so a guy wants to <laughs> play a little bit more practical. You know, how about we just try to clear the ball out and not just try to pass the ball because we keep losing. We don't have guys that can play that way. It's like, no, 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 we're going to play it. So you can kind of get yourself in a trap sometimes, and I think you don't want to be married to a system. I think you want to be married to winning, you know. <laughs> win That's what you want. You want to win the game, uh, not necessarily win it only one way. And, you know. Right. And, you
1: know. and there's, there's plenty of good recruiting, and, and you – in this, today's age of basketball, you can flip a roster pretty quickly. So if, if Ross Hodge, you know, didn't get the job and, and everybody transferred out, but you got a really good mid major head coach or even a power five coach, um, not power five, even if you got a major coach that wasn't happy where they were at and they're like, I'm just going to go to North Texas. <laughs> um, like if you can coach, you can coach and you can win games and you can build a roster quickly. And, you know, so don't, don't be afraid of what's going to happen. You know, I you got a basketball guy as your AD. It turned out well for us the last time. And, um, you know, as of now, I'm just going to have faith in Mosley and, and whatever he decides to do. It's a tough decision, though.
0: Yeah, sure is. I think the one danger I'll say about getting a major guy is that somebody's used to a little luxury. Um, I think one of the benefits of getting, like, a Juco dude or some of these guys have been uh, lower level. And it's like I said, they – They've had to do the ugly trips. like the, Their trips are riding buses, right? And mm-hmm. washing uniforms after the game and being their own SID and they gotta write up the, the stats after the game or something. Uh, you know, where like the scouting video ain't so nice, you know what I mean? And then, so North Texas, they can appreciate even the quirkiness we have here, right? But if you get a guy that went from, I don't know, UCLA or something like that and they come down, they're like, uh, what, I got a what? Carry my own water. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's maybe not as appealing.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> but, <laughs> that's what I thought of. Like uh, Mike Bray was rumored to take the uh, South Florida job, and I was like, Nah, man, <laughs> see that guy. Like he was done at Notre Dame. He he probably went down there. Like, yeah, we'll pay you two million, but you, I mean, you got a coach. Nah, you know what? No, that's that's not for me. I I, I just want the money. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. You, there, there's a certain level there where you gotta you have to be willing to embrace some of that grind. And not that North Texas is a big grind. I mean, it's, like I said, it's a good mid-major job. Um, and, but, you know, it, it's not the lap of luxury. It's not Kentucky basketball. Kentucky, is like, it's like an NBA squad over there, you know. NBA accoutrement. Not here in North Texas. And that's a, that's whatever. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I think we've concluded this uh, this podcast episode. Thanks again to Greg. Thanks to y'all for listening. I know this is the third episode um, like I we said, we're going to go down to Vegas. Vac- I'm leaving tomorrow, and I don't know about the podcast schedule. I'm going to take some of the gear, uh, so I have it at the ready, just in case it's time to podcast. But I don't know exactly what's going to happen, so no promises. But I'll try to give uh, and get a lot of uh, information and and uh, update the site, check the site out. We're going to at least have a post today. I, know I, re- I emailed you all in the newsletter. You can subscribe to the newsletter. There's lots of ways to follow the thing, but it's a big time in North Texas basketball, so stay tuned to MeanGreenNation.com for more of that. And if you're wondering, again, where Aldo is, <laughs> I don't know where he is, but, I mean, he's going to come back when it's football time. That's what, that's what happens.
1: He is building a map right now as we speak. <laughs>
0: I mean, that's right. He's a cartographer, glorified cartographer. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're done. Go Ming Green.